My late brother-in-law used to tell a wonderful story about a boy that he knew at school. And this lad was full of confidence. He was proud about his future. And he would proudly boast that one day he would become a top-class sportsman. One day I'll be well-known. One day I'll play football for England. One day I'll earn a living as a top-class player, he boasted. And my brother-in-law's answer to his friend was very clear and very definite. You haven't got a hope, mate. But his friend's response was equally definite. It's not an idle hope. It's a sure certainty, he would proclaim. Well, my brother-in-law was a great guy. But I have to tell you, he didn't have a clue about sport. For his friend's name was none other than Trevor Brooking, who of course did go on to play football for England, and what's more, he got a knighthood for his trouble. But, let me ask you a question today, on this, the second Sunday of Advent. What's your thoughts for the future? Are you optimistic? Do you see joy and happiness in the days, weeks and months that lie ahead? Or is there anxiety? Is there turmoil on the horizon? Are you going to play for England? I doubt it, no more than I. But is there idle hope? Or is there sure certainty? I guess if we were to take a survey of all of us, well, there would be a variety of different answers. But I also have a feeling that uh, giving the kind of year that we've experienced, well, maybe the answers on the whole wouldn't be very positive. It's been a challenging time, hasn't it? For all of us. So many concerns occupy our thoughts and our minds. Not surprisingly, health's a concern. And we ask, well, when will we be rid of this horrid COVID-19 virus? And what about the NHS? Will they be able to cope? And then there's the economy. Oh dear, many people are fearful of losing their jobs and financial security is a concern probably for all of us. And the world is full of turmoil. There's anxiety and disquiet. And then there's something called Brexit that quite honestly none of us understand. And we ask ourselves, what difference is that going to make to our everyday lives? Every time we read the papers, every time we look at the news, the media presents for us so much to confuse and so much to challenge. And we hear words like, there's going to be a new normal. Well, what's that going to be like, we try to understand? <laughs> Maybe Private Fraser in Dad's Army got it right. We're all doomed. 
But what about our Christian faith? Does the way we feel about ourselves and the world affect our faith? Or does our faith affect the way we feel about ourselves and the world? Let's think just for a moment about the world of the New Testament. Early Christians lived in a world, well, not altogether unlike ours. Relatively stable government over most of it, but a world full of injustice, a world full of cruelty, a world full of sickness and short life expectancy, a world where human life, let alone human rights, weren't held very highly, weren't even valued at all. And what's more, Christians often faced persecution, misunderstanding, opposition, fear of imprisonment, torture, horrors that hopefully none of us have ever contemplated. And yet, the New Testament brims over with hope. It's a message that's full of hope from the beginning to the end. Indeed, you feel that hope bursting through even when the writers are writing about persecution and danger. Just think for a moment of a passage like Paul's letter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where Paul's words match every difficulty with an equal optimism. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. You know, you could actually say that the reason that the Gospels and the letters of the New Testament were written in the first place was to express the explosive joy and hope that the writers felt. And they wanted to convey, convey that to you and me. But, perhaps we should ask, what is this hope? What is this joy that the New Testament believers knew? Well, they had seen the future. They had seen and witnessed the future in Jesus Christ. And that future is full of hope. People say that it's impossible to see into the future. Well, not for Christians it isn't. For the future's already arrived. And it's embodied in the person of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. In Jesus was and is the fulfillment of everything that the prophets and the Word had said would happen. God would come down and dwell among his people. Everything that's summed up in the Beatitudes would come to pass. Material values would be reversed. The poor 
and the marginalized whom no one valued would become important. Those who mourn would be comforted. The lonely would be raised up. Those who longed for God to show his face would be rewarded. The repentant would see their sins forgiven. The imprisoned by every kind of sin or disability would see the the prison doors open and they'd be set free. And for the oppressed, well, they would see the chains fall off. And as Jesus moved through Galilee onto Jerusalem, the early believers saw all of that come true. As he healed the sick, raised the dead, gave sight to the blind, made the lame walk, and healed through the forgiveness of sins. And as Jesus went to the cross, they saw that love would overcome the power of evil, that good really would triumph, and that the loving peace and joy of an ever-loving, ever-living God would come to reign. In Jesus, they had seen the future. And everything that Jesus did and symbolized and represented was the kingdom of God, which would one day come in all its fullness. It's no wonder that those early believers could hardly contain their hope. For hope is faith in a future tense. I once heard it described beautifully that hope is like standing on tiptoe, looking into the future. Shall we have a go? Oh, I don't think we were allowed to stand up. Perhaps you people are at home could stand up and try for us. Hope is like standing on tiptoe, looking into the future and knowing with certainty of heart, with sureness of mind, that God is a wondrous God who holds us all dear and who journeys with us. I urge you to uh, study Romans chapter 5 if you get the opportunity. It's one of the greatest chapters in the New Testament. And when we turn, it teaches us, and put our trust for life and death into the hands of Jesus, we are accounted in God's sight as accepted, justified through the cross and and at peace with God. For through Christ we have access into the Holy of Holies, the very presence of God himself. And as we rejoice in that presence, we have the hope which is of and from God, the eternal glory of God. And the resurrection of Christ guarantees our resurrection. And the Holy Spirit is God's signature on that warrant. And so we can cope with anything and with everything that comes our way in the 21st century. As Peter writes in his first letter, 
as those who put trust in Christ, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Advent's upon us. Today we've lit two of our Advent candles. In a few weeks' time, we'll celebrate Christmas. Emmanuel, we'll cry. God is with us, we'll proclaim. Children, of course, will prance around with tea towels on their heads, pretending to be shepherds. And we'll all be knee-deep in wrapping paper, turkeys, Christmas trees, decorations, and perhaps a glass or three of mulled wine. And rest assured, my friends, God wants us to enjoy every single minute of it. But as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus the Christ child in Bethlehem's shabby stable, let me ask you a question again. What are your thoughts for the future? What do you foresee happening in times to come? Is there peace? Is there contentment? Is there tranquility? Is there hope? Is there certainty? Well, in sure and certain hope and promise, let me proclaim here and now that Jesus didn't just point to the future. He is the future. In him, the future has invaded the very present. And if you keep your eyes, hearts, and minds on him, your hope will never, ever grow dim. Your lives will be full of that perfect peace and harmony that is of and from God. In this Advent season, that's not an idle threat or a speculative promise. It's an absolute certainty. Advent demands that we wait. And waiting's not easy, is it? But Advent demands that we wait, but we wait for and upon the Lord, upon God himself, coming to this earth to dwell among us. Well, surely that is worth waiting for. With sureness of heart, with certainty of mind, an absolute promise for which we proclaim, thanks be to God. Amen. We're going to pray together. Let's just still our hearts before God. Gracious God, ever-living, ever-loving God, as we continue our journey through Advent, as we prepare to celebrate the earthly birth of our Saviour, so we pray for courage.
Courage that looks for your coming on a daily basis. Courage that radiates your love and peace in our lives. Courage that inspires us to proclaim the glory of the risen Christ in all we are, in all that we do. Courage that empowers us and inspires us to be your disciples and to serve you in this, your world. Oh, gracious God, we have so much to be grateful for. And particularly just now, Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you for the God-given skills of the scientists and the medics who have worked tirelessly to produce a COVID-19 vaccine. And as we wait for that vaccine to be shared, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would continue to walk alongside us and to walk alongside all your people. But we are mindful that many people have difficulties in life just now. Many are burdened with worries or concerns. Many are burdened with health problems. And in a moment of quietness, we reflect and we remember them. Heavenly Father, we pray for our friends, those nearby and those further afield. And we also pray for ourselves. And we ask that you would come close by, that you would grant us that wondrous certainty of hope. And as we continue to pass through Advent, so we ask that our lives may be full of wonder and keen anticipation for your glory to be revealed afresh and anew. Lord of all love and Lord of all hope, as we move on and as Christmas dawns, may we know your sure closeness through the presence of our ever-living, ever-loving God. And to you, Heavenly Father, be your praise and glory on this day, on every day, and forevermore.